Welcome to Brave Conversations with me, your host, Lee Sloan. As difficult as conversations can be these days, we believe that conversations still matter. Together, let's be brave enough to think, brave enough to feel, brave enough to change the world one brave conversation at a time. I hope that this podcast finds you well and coronavirus-free today. We here in Alaska are not currently being bombarded by it as far as the number of cases, but we are taking similar precautionary measures just as people are experiencing all around the country. Thankfully, our family had enough toilet paper for a little bit before all this craziness started. And I have to say, the last thing I wanted to do today was to talk about the coronavirus. But at the same time, I wanted to offer something that related to the topic. Now, I'm not a doctor. I would not be a very good doctor, honestly. And I won't attempt to explain to you what the virus does, but what what you should do about it and all of that. I'm sure you've all read a lot about that. But um, what this podcast really is for is to explain the way that groups of people make an impact on each other. So I want to explore what's happening in culture as a result of all this upheaval and how we can make a positive difference as individuals. And my mind went, as I was thinking about the virus and all that's happening, my mind went to a book that I read back in college. And it was probably the one book I read that really stands out in my mind of everything that I learned. And this book was called The Rise of Christianity by Rodney Stark. And it's not really what you would think. It's not a a Christian book. Um, That means, I mean, by when I say that, I mean, it's not trying to convert anyone to Christianity. I don't even believe that the author is a Christian, but it does break down the sociological aspects of how Christianity first arose back in ancient times. So it doesn't take into account anything supernatural, the, the rising of Christ or anything like that, only the natural consequences of human behavior. So... You may ask, what does that have to do with the price of toilet paper in America (laughs) or the price of eggs in China, right? What does that have to do with us today? Well, the deal is that plague and pestilence are not new. In fact, the period that we've enjoyed relatively free from them is more of an aberration than it is the norm of of society in general. And as Rodney Stark takes us back to the time of ancient Rome, we can learn some really important lessons that will cause us to ask ourselves some more meaningful questions. So let me list for you some of the things that you may not have realized about the ancient Roman Empire. First of all, sanitation was basically a farce, especially in cities. They had no understanding of microorganisms, let alone personal hygiene or health measures like hand washing. People died on a regular basis from now now we know to be preventable diseases. And the life expectancy then was very, very low. Secondly, most people were pagans who had very few of the norms that we have for culture today. Now, a lot of us don't realize how much of our current Western culture has been shaped by Christianity. But even those who don't consider themselves religious have a more Christianized culture than they did back then. People would perform rites to please their god of choice, and there was very little grid for morality, like, for example, the Christian morality of loving your neighbor as yourself. Sexual norms were also very lax, especially for men. They rarely married, and yet they had all sorts of sexual relations, regardless of whether they were married or not. 
And as a result, diseases, including sexual diseases, were rampant. The value of women and family was very low. A man had almost full authority over women. And because children weren't valued, least of all female children, infanticide became the norm. And because of infanticide and and killing off female babies, um, either deformed male ones or female ones, um, the lack of women, there weren't enough women to go around, but obviously uh, the sexual appetite was still pretty high. And so, you know, people had all kinds of sexual expressions, homosexuality, bisexuality, all kinds of things. And women at times could be forced to either commit infanticide. It was, it was um, a norm to just drown your baby if it wasn't what you liked or to have an abortion without anyone blinking an eye. And, and a lot of women were forced to do this at the hands of men. Thus, many women died or in, during, during the abortion procedure or were unable to have children as a result. And this is what happened in pagan circles. Now, it's difficult to imagine this kind of society, but then imagine on top of that a de- deadly epidemic such as smallpox coming and sweeping through especially in the cities that were already very poor in hygiene at the time like this. And you can imagine, as the dead are being piled up into the streets, how much um, fear and anxiety there would have been. And, and what, what the pagan worldview would say was that, um, you know, the response to that was that they would just throw out <laughs> uh, the people that were infecting them. They would be scared, and so they would abandon um, a lot of their friends and a lot of their family members. And so there were very significant differences among pagans compared to the responses of Christians. Now, Christians, on the other hand, uniquely sought to love one another as one of their highest acts of service to their God. This was a brand new concept, and so as pagans were kicking their infirm to the curb, it was Christians who took them in and cared for them. And so many, many people actually recovered because of the work of a lot of these Christians. They lived to tell about it, and so then they became Christians as well. Uh, plus, like, I mean, who's going to want to go back to someone that kicked you out? Uh, your, your former friends and loved ones who kicked you out, right? Another side effect was that Christians sometimes actually caught the diseases, But because of their tight-knit community, many of them ended up surviving. But those who now survived were now almost, it was almost like a miracle because they were now immune and free to continue serving others. That was pretty amazing. Those who didn't survive, though, were honored and revered as martyrs of compassion. So sort of a win-win situation. They didn't, uh, Christians didn't see death as something necessarily to be avoided. In fact, It was the next glorious step in their journey and in their Christian faith. So this was major inspiration for at a time when people needed it so badly. They needed to know um, that their loved ones could go to a different place and not simply cease to exist. Not only were Christians surviving at an astonishing rate, they also provided the social networks that people so desperately needed when all of their other social networks fell crumbling to the ground. And, you know, as we talked about women's, women's rights back then, women were becoming Christians faster than any other group. And not just the low-class women. The upper-class women were becoming Christians too. 
So even though many women married pagan men, because honestly, there weren't a lot of Christian men to go around, their faith actually raised the standard by which they would have sex and marry. They wouldn't willingly go into a marriage just willy-nilly. And as a consequence, they married a lot of times past the normal age of 12 or 11, and they waited until they found a man who would maybe rarely cheat on them or force them to kill their babies or to have an abortion, and they didn't participate in polygamy a lot of times or incest, and they rarely would get a divorce. And so as a consequence, women ended up living longer, having more children, and then their children were raised to become Christians as well. We can see how how Christianity just just flourished during this time. You know, even if you would lose your husband, widows who would remain celibate were also honored, had an honored place in the church, and were taken care of by the church. And so as a result, they too were able to grow um, in their lifespan, in their wealth, uh, compared to most women of that era. And so the Christian lifestyle gave people the inspiration to find meaning in life, but it also gave people a way to live that kept them far healthier, happier, more productive, wealthier than the rest of their contemporary culture. So in short, Christianity actually worked. It worked because Christians were fully convinced of the work and words of Jesus, and they actually lived their lives as though they did, even unto death. In fact, they weren't afraid of death. And this was, this was baffling to, to the pagans, but they saw, they saw the needs of their communities as their own personal responsibility. And way before you know um, any sort of health system, they became that health system. They followed as best they could the commands that were laid out for them in Scripture and embraced their faith at every level. They relied on each other, and they relied on their faith in God. Now, we hear a lot of talk about fear these days, but just as powerful as fear, and a lot of times more powerful, is faith. Because, you know, fear is just uh, faith placed in something negative. But, but faith placed in something positive is just a, a powerful motivator and a powerful force that can get people through just about anything. Living or dying, faith endures. With every crisis also comes an opportunity. And so with people right and left being displaced by death, being uprooted from their workplaces, losing their jobs, with all the economic instability, all of this has a major social impact no matter how you look at it. It's a new time that we can see we can see different trends and we can learn to pivot. We can discover new things that can arise from this new social landscape that we're seeing emerging. And yes, we will get beyond this. This will be a day we live to tell our grandchildren about, and I'm sure our kids will be able to tell about. But what we do during a time like this says a lot about who we are. There are voids that are presenting themselves right now that weren't there just a few months ago. And if we have eyes to see them, whether it's from a faith perspective, a business perspective, or a cultural perspective, now is the time when we can begin to cultivate our culture in a way that will bring health, life, and greater prosperity and understanding than ever before. 
When we have new problems, it also means that new solutions are possible. When we're jarred out of our comfort zones, we make new headway into a new era. So I encourage you to take your quarantine time to stop and think for a minute about what kind of world that you would like to see. What do you wish was different? Now begin thinking and brainstorming about what could I do today that would make that impact? If, if everyone did like I'm doing, what if 10 or 100 people did what I do? What kind of world would this be? Would it be positive or negative? I hope you do something creative, productive, something that will benefit the rest of the humans around you. And I want you to enjoy your time as much as you can and keep on cultivating those brave conversations. Until next time. <laughs>